However, anybody can be a private lender. There are a lot of opportunities out there where you can lend five to $10,000, start making cash, cash flowing your money. Hello, and welcome to Real Estate Investing Deal Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeremy. The Deal Deep Dive offers lessons learned from Canadian investors while scaling their portfolios. If you're looking to scale your investments, listen to stories from those who have already been there and what they did in your shoes. I'm here today with Marinella. I'm going to be guest hosting today as Jeremy is feeling under the weather. Really great to have you here today. Uh, how did you get started in real estate investing? Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, you know, in your podcast. So the way I started is that I actually been involved with real estate for some time. I wasn't doing it as a real estate investor. It was more like I was flipping my own primary residence with my ex, actually. But then in 2019, that's when I really started thinking about real estate as I joined a national real estate community. And then from there, I discovered that there was the lending strategy, which I wasn't aware of. And most investors usually focus on the active side of investing, of real estate investing. At that time, I was, you know, I had a full-time job. Um, I am a single mom and I was actually doing more like three jobs <laughs> to survive. And I had very little time. So when I discovered about the private lending strategy, that's what really kind of interest me that was passive investing and that I could have my money working for me. And at that time, my parents had passed away, left me some money. So I had a little bit of money. And then I also discovered that I could secure a HELOC on my house to tap into the equity of the house. And again, have some money that I could invest. And so I decided that was the strategy that I really wanted to focus on because of basically my life and the way circumstances were, I felt that was the best way for me to generate an additional income and hopefully replace it. So that's how I started. And now I did replace my income with private lending. I left my job last December. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And now I'm a full-time private lender. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's great. I just wanted to dive in with a few questions there. So as far as timelines go, you said that you started flipping. And how long did you do that before you changed directions? So that one was more like me and my ex really buying a house and renovating it and then selling it just to to make profits, really. like. And But we were living in the house and we did enjoy it. So it wasn't really like a, a short-term flip. It was more like us renovating and then finding other opportunities and being able to move on also a bigger home. And, you know, so it, it wasn't really, we weren't really real estate investor, I would say. I wouldn't, but it, they gave me a lot of really good insight on how to deal with, you know, contractors and how I've learned also a lot because we were doing a lot of things on our own and I'm a really handy type of person. So I learned a lot of different stuff, even by watching like contractors and doing things. And so that was really a good way to learn about flips and learning about, you know, different aspects of real estate investing. However, I really learned more when I joined the community and I started really understanding more the investing side of things rather than the sort of a casual way of doing the flips. Oh, that's great. That definitely makes sense. Getting hands-on a little bit, you know, really improves that knowledge exponentially. Before we move on, because I do want to touch on the, the community aspect of that, but moving back to the private lending, I know you, you mentioned that you received an inheritance and that could have been the turning point. But other than that, was there a, a certain point where you realized that we or yourself wants to pivot away from maybe the flipping? Because we see a lot of real estate investors, they'll try out, you know, flipping, buy and holds, wholesaling, everything in between, and not usually go straight to the private lending. So was there a, a certain moment in time that that happened? Well, I've always been, like my parents were both entrepreneurs and real estate investors. So I grew up in an environment of really risk takers. And I was always talking about business and making deals and do things. So I grew up in that environment. So for me, it was quite familiar. Like it was a familiar type of 
language was familiar. However, I until I came to Canada, like I'm from Italy, I grew up in Italy, and so when I when we were doing those flips, it, it was kind of natural to me to go towards that direction. However, what I really started thinking more as a, like I started thinking about real estate as a, a mean of a means of growing more from a financial point of view when I in 2019, when I joined that community. Mm-hmm. Before, it was more, yes, we would make money out of this, but it wasn't like that we were thinking to really change our lives with the real estate. It was more in 2019 where I, you know, re- I started relating more to the to the idea of becoming a real estate investor full-time and doing it to change my life to improve my financial situation. My goal was to find, to be, to have more time, to find a time freedom and enjoy more of my life and enjoy my kids, the people I love. And and that that was really what, you know, made me start thinking more real estate investing more seriously and, you know, that I can do that more as a, like full-time rather than just as an amateur. Right. No, that makes sense. Going back to the the community aspect, what would you say there's a few key takeaways you learned there, or was it just kind of all encompassing and put you to the next level, or, or were there a few few points that kind of turned the direction? Well, joining the community was really a turning point because not only I discovered the the private lending strategy, although they didn't really teach me the strategy, I learned more about active investing in there. However, it, I was able to understand that was the environment I wanted to be in and the type of communities that I, that had sort of the right mindset for me as well, where I felt more comfortable. Because you can't really talk about real estate investing to too many people. Like you have to find the right people around you. So being in that community, it really helped me to find people who relate to me and and my vision and my goals and how I wanted to change my life. So that was that was really the time where things really shifted for me, and the community really helped me. And and after that, then I joined many other communities, which again the same type of mindset. And of course, everybody's different. Everybody has different goals or different visions. However, it's easier to talk to people who understand about real estate investing rather than talking to others who look at you really strange because. They don't, they don't have the same type of mindset and they don't relate to what you're saying. So it was a really yeah, pivotal for me to, to be in that community because then I started branching more outside, start learning about the real, like the private lending strategy. I mastered it and it took me a good nine to 10 months really to understanding how, where I was and how to move forward from there. And I want to build a really good business foundation for myself. And I do have a lot of skills. I have business skills. I have marketing. You know, I was in education. So I really, it took all my skills and, you know, my bright minds. I'm a very creative person. So I created systems for myself. I created strategies. And I really focused on understanding what was my vision and set my goals and how to achieve it. That's how I started, basically. I spent a really long time to understand my needs, my family needs, and where I wanted to go from that point moving forward. Great. Yeah. I mean, getting around like-minded people is always the the way to level up. It's a very cliche saying, but your network is your net worth, right? It's if you're trying to do it all on your own, and even just having a sounding board of someone that understands what you're talking about is yeah, just a great help. Um, and yeah, getting into the private lending side, because like I mentioned before, it's not you know the the common route. Do you find in the market that the position you're in is somewhat saturated? Because let me explain the question a little bit. When you go to say a, a real estate network event, there's you know forty percent are flippers, twenty percent are buy and hold, you know, and you have these standardized people. But the private lending, there's usually only a, a handful or less. So do you find that you you usually stand out in networking events or? 
Oh, definitely. I believe there is a lot more borrowers than there are lenders. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so we are actually <laughs> very well welcomed, I think, in the community <laughs> because everybody is looking for money. The majority of people focus on the active side of things, of the real estate investing. And honestly, because of you know where I am in my life, I decided to go passive because I want more time, as I explained before. And yes, definitely, I feel that as a private lender, not everybody chooses to be a private lender. Money might be an issue because people think that might don't have money to lend. However, I... I feel that if you have, let's say, more money, it's going to be easier for you to become a private lender. However, anybody can be a private lender. There are a lot of opportunities out there where you can lend five to $10,000, start making cash, cash flowing your money. If you have money sitting in the bank doing nothing, or if you have it in any, like, I don't know, mutual funds where they're really like losing money and not generating enough. Um, then I honestly, as a private lender, I always tell people, take advantage. Yes, you might want to be an active investor, but make sure that you also have whatever funds you may have, whether it's little or big, I have your money working for you because it, it really creates cash flow and it really helps to take care of so many different things. And the nice thing for me was that I already had a job, like I, I was in a job. So I, all the money that I invested I didn't need to use it because I still had my job. And so I was able to leave my job because I was able to replace my income and so much more. Now I make five times the income that I was making before with private lending. I really focused on that strategy. And I find that it's in private lending, it's not just about the, the high returns. It's how you use your funds with which strategies. And, and, and the other tip I can give is that you have to really have a clear definition of your lending criteria. You really need to know exactly what it is that you're looking for, which are the deals that you're looking for, which are the investment strategy you, you want to invest in. Because if you don't, then you're looking, let's say, at 20 deals, and you're never satisfied or you're never going to invest into anything because you're not clear in your mind or what you're looking for. And so for me, because I I've really took the time to set those criterias so they're really clear in my mind whenever I see an opportunity I just jump right in I don't miss it and that's what a lot of people don't understand is that you have to be quick because things go really fast because everybody's looking for money and so they will if, if you're not ready to catch the opportunity somebody else will so as a private lender Yes, there is a lot of opportunities because there are more borrowers than there are lenders. However, you need to be very clear what is that you're looking for. You need to have a really good understanding of the due diligence process as well. You need to vet your borrowers. You need to know who they are. You need to make sure that you can trust them with your money. You need to make sure that the project is, you know, the sound that everything, you know, that, that the borrower is giving you the right information, that is done good market analysis. You know, there's there is so many layers, like private lending is really, really layered. And it's not just giving your money out to somebody. You don't want to like try private lending, just let's see how it goes. You want to make sure that your money comes back to you. <laughs> no matter which stage of life you are, you don't want to lose money. You work hard for it, so you, you deserve to protect it, protect your investment. And so you need to know how to do it carefully. And yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. And what I find really interesting about your path is that a lot of people, when they get into real estate, they kind of build up this progression in their mind and say, oh, I'm going to you know, flip a small house, make some more money, get into a bigger house, build a portfolio. And then maybe the end game is to, oh, I'll become a private lender when mm -hmm. I have tons and tons of money. Like you mentioned before, you can even lend small sums. So if someone wanted to jump into that path, is there like a base amount that you recommend to get started or how, how do you look at that? I think anybody can start, can be a private lender, anybody. Of course, like I started because I owned a house and after the inheritance, I was able to pay off my mortgage. And then I went back to it and I refinanced my house and I secured a HELOC on it. And so I took that money and I took some of the savings that I had as well. 
and the way I use my money. I don't lose one day of interest. I am very careful. I've created systems for myself where I maximize my returns. And I didn't quit my job right away because I knew that I could use the investments and reinvest the money that I was making so that that creates that compounding effect. So there is a lot of strategies that I use that really help me grow fast. Of course, you know, I also refinance my house again because my house gained value. So it's, you know, it's at the constant where I leverage my house. A lot of people are not willing to take risks as well. I grew up, in, as I said, in an environment where my parents were risk takers. So I didn't think twice. For me, it was a very natural process. A lot of people are worried about losing their money. But the fear of losing money comes in because you're not educated, because you don't know what you're doing. And, and so the first thing you have to do if you want to become a private lender is educate yourself. Make sure that you educate yourself, that you learn how to vet the borrowers, how to do, establish a good network of people around you, that you can go back over and over again and have deals for you all the time. Because that's a really is the secret is have your money just generating on a constant basis and create a team of experts around you, like lawyers and accountants and financial advisors who can help you also minimize your risks and understand, you know, the risks of the investment. As a private lender and also as a borrower, you have to be really professional the way you approach people. And so the first thing I say is educate yourself. It took me a lot of time because I did it on my own. However, and I have to say, there isn't really much out there where you can go and learn all about private lending. Although now I've created a course, so people, you know, if they wanted to, they could take my course. Uh, However, I have to say that uh, it also takes the right mindset. And uh, the, like, it it isn't just about learning private lending that is going to make you successful in private lending. It's about your mindset. It's about how willing are you to take risks and lend your money to somebody and how thorough are you in, you know, vading the borrowers and establishing relationships. For me, it's about when I establish relationships with people, it's about getting to know them better. And that reduces my risk because if I trust somebody and I know they've been successful, then I know that I can trust them with my money. Because I know they will take care of my money. They will take responsibility of my money. They will do everything in their power to make sure that the project goes well and that they've done the right analysis, they've done the right you know, evaluation. And of course, I'm going to make sure that they've done it right because I need to vet them as well. I need to vet the project. So those are the things that people have to learn in order to become really good private lenders. Making sure that you educate yourself. That will reduce your fear and, and of course, you have to be willing of taking risks because if you don't take risks, you can't take it, you will not get the reward either. So you have to be willing to take those risks. And there's various different type of risks in private lending. If you want to do mortgages, you're more protected than if you're going to do a, a promissory note. So it's really up to you how far you can go and how much risk you want to take. Oh, that's fair. And I definitely do want to touch upon your course. We'll leave that for the end and then we can explore that a bit. Sure. One of the key points that you brought up that I really like is that you said you didn't quit your job right away. I find that a lot of people in this industry, they get into it because they hate their jobs and they want to quit as quick as possible. But that can be a huge pitfall because they never they never seem to be able to make enough cash flow to quit their job quick enough. And then that can be a huge headache. Is there anything more that you could touch upon there? Maybe some strategies or how to set that up so you will succeed instead of fail? Yeah, no, for sure. I I feel that a lot of people underestimate the power of private lending. A lot, everybody focuses on active investing because they think that, okay, I'm going to invest in a property. There's different ways that you can, you know, basically adds value, whether it's the equity and then the cash flow, if you're renting it or whatever you're doing, the refinancing. However, it takes time to take care of, of properties. And people never think that the time actually is money. So, and I've seen so many people being getting stuck because now they have all these properties they have to take care of and they have to spend a lot of time and they started this because they want to actually have more time but now they have even less time than what they had before 
So if you do, like, I don't think that private lending, it's, it's not powerful. Private lending can generate, can really change your life if you do it correctly, if you do it smartly. That's why I actually call my, my course Smart Private Lending, Smart Masterclass, because I was very smart the way I used my money. Like if you use the right strategies, if you know, first of all, like I said before, you have to be very clear on, on your lending criteria. Like you have, because you have to be quick. You have to recognize things quickly. So if I have, let's say, 20 investments in front of me and I know exactly what I'm looking for, I'm not going to waste my time on, on looking at 20 deals. I'm going to look all of them, and, but then I'm going to analyze maybe one or two that I'm interested in. And that's when I'm going to spend my time and ask more questions. I'm not going to spend my time in 20 deals and looking deeply because if I know my lending criteria really well, I know within one minute which was the deal that I want to pursue and the one that I want to ask more questions about and the one that I want to invest in. And that's where the secret lies is that you have to be quick at deciding, and but you have to have a very clear understanding of what you want and what is that you're looking for. Then you have to communicate that to the borrower because you don't want to waste the borrower time either. The borrower doesn't waste time you know, thinking that you might go invest with them. And then there's this back and forth and you're wasting their time and they will never get back to you because you wasted their time. So you are doing yourself a favor and you're doing a favor to the borrower as well. Because if you're clear, you're going to tell the borrower, no, I'm not interested because this is not for me. And right away, you can tell them as soon as they present it to you. And for yourself, you're not wasting your time. In active investing, you have to look at the numbers. You have to look at, at the, the, the analysis of the market. You have to then, if, when you buy your property, you have to take care of the property. And, and everybody thinks that that is, you know, that is going to change your life. However, private lending, it's all about using your money. And making them, you know, finding strategies that can help you maximize that money. And you're not using your time. You can use your time to do other things. And yes, you can still be an active investor if you wanted to, but while you have your money working for you at the same time, right? So it, you really have to be strategic on if you want to change your life. It, of course, it doesn't happen overnight. It took me about two and a half years to quit my job which a lot of people also say that it's pretty quick. I might be, but again, I have a lot of skills that a lot of people also don't have. I'm, and, and again, I am very creative. I was able to create a lot of really interesting systems, which I've tried to, at the beginning, when people were asking me, I, I because I, I love to help people. And as I change my life, I want to change other people's lives. But I have a very unique way, a very unique approach, which is not easy for people to understand. It came, comes very easy to me, but then people were started telling me, Manila, it, it, because it comes easy to you, it doesn't mean it's easy for me. And that's why I created the course because I had to break things down for people in order to understand my systems, my strategies, and how to implement, implement them. Because you have to be you have to be smart with money. It's not about going towards like the most, like, you know, it's not about the greater return. It's really how you invest and how quick you are, how clear you are in your mind and how all this combination of things all together is going to make you successful. That's, that's basically how I did it. It's, it's just having all the systems and, and having a really clear vision, a clear mind of what, what I wanted. Right. And that makes sense. Having those systems in place makes the vetting process so much easier. If the borrower has the right metrics, check them off and you're good to go instead of having to redo the process every time. Mm -hmm. uh, that, re that really makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to switch speeds a little bit. I'm curious about the kind of back end of how you operate. So is it just your money that you're investing or do you also raise capital to invest? I, I've been asked, actually asked to raise capital. However, if I'm not involved in a project, I cannot raise capital for others because I'm not licensed. And so I do not raise capital. However, I know how to raise, I even teach how to raise capital. I, have, I don't want to be involved in project. I don't look for equity. Although I've actually been offered equity 
in exchange of raising capital and being part of a deal without even money down. However, like again, it doesn't fall within my lending criteria. So, and that's why I say no. Like you have to be, again, really clear on what you are looking for, what you want. Um, when it comes to raising private capital, yes, I, I can do it. And But it's not something that I seek, honestly, because I don't want to be part of projects. I just like to lend my money and get my, you know, returns. And then that's it, basically. Um, it's just very simple, like process for me. That's That's the way I, I like it. I don't want to be involved in any projects. I left it pretty simple. And that makes sense, especially because one of your goals was having more time. So you don't want to limit that, setting your barriers in place. Have you noticed that the more successful you've gotten, the more opportunities you have to say no to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, now the opportunities comes to my inbox. I receive I receive emails pretty much every single day with opportunities, lending opportunities, and and I and I wish I had more money, but of course even if I have quite a bit now, it's never enough because there, as I grow um, and I grow my network, there is more and more deals and there is always more and more people who are looking. So, but I want to say to people that don't be afraid of become a, becoming a private lender. I don't think that you have to be an active investor in order to become a private lender. You can become a private lender and if you're smart, the way you invest your money, you can grow quickly, even faster than an active investor. Because active investing, yes, you do equity and and maybe you are doing it because you want to pass on to your kids, you want to leave them properties or, you know, but I don't believe actually myself in, in building an empire and then leaving it to my kids. I believe in making my money, spending it at the same time. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> and yes, I will leave some to my kids as well because I can't use all this money on my own. Uh, however, I want to live my life now. I want to enjoy my life now. I don't want to take care of, of properties. I don't want to take care of tenants. I want to have a good life at the moment. And, and this came because I saw my parents working really hard and then they got sick, both of them, and they passed away. I've seen so many other people in my life who literally dropped dead. That really made me realize that life is short. I don't want to spend it by looking after tenants or, or property managers or having two, 300 doors to look after, thinking about taking care of the roof and the toilets, you know, and all this stuff. Because again, it takes a lot of time out of your day, even if you're doing it full time, even if you want to build this wealth and leave it to your kids, maybe your kids don't want it. Have you asked your kids if they want it? Like, you know, so my kids were not even interested in real estate. Like one is, my daughter is 22, my son is 17. Now that I am successful, that I'm, that they see me doing this, they are starting to be more interested in it they ask me questions i'm gonna leave them as much cash as i can and they can do whatever they want if they want to waste it they'll waste it if they want to spend it and build up another empire for themselves they can do it it doesn't matter it's just money really when you die you're not going to take it with you anyway so it's what's the point of chasing this money making thing where honestly for me it's just about living a good life i was able to get rid of my job but I didn't want to do that job anymore now I have the time freedom and that's what it's about for me it's not about chasing money it's about living a good life and and enjoying my family and helping others I want to change other people's lives as well I was able to change mine I want to have an impact I want people to remember me for helping them to change you know because I was able to change their life as well Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting, the different perspectives you see, you know, your perspective is more living and loving life. Some people are, you know, nose to the grindstone, just grind it out, build as many doors as possible. I'll live when I'm dead, you know, but, but yeah, I really enjoy that. So seeing as this is called the deal deep dive, Jeremy does have some questions here that I'd like to go over. And usually these are, I mean, more related to properties or deals, but I think they'll still be very applicable. We will start with what was the best deal that you've done? The best deal that I've done is actually I've done so many. <laughs> <laughs> we can say one of the best. How about that? Okay. Well, it's usually when you do, when I, when they offer me like upfront payments, 
Okay. Right? Because when it happens, when you do, not everybody does that. So you have to find the right borrower who is able to do that for you. So what happens when you give you your money up front, I usually don't get anything at the end of the terms. It's either monthly, which usually it's monthly. But if they give me the money up front and I usually ask for it, you actually make more money on the deal. Because what happens is that those are the deals that I really like. They are the best deals for me. And, and so you can make a, and then what happens is that that money, so let's say I'll do an example because it's a little easier to understand. Yeah. So let's say if I lend $100,000, so let's say at 15%, uh, the borrower is supposed to receive $100,000. However, if they're giving me the percentage up front, I'm going to get $15,000 up front from them. But instead of them sending me the money, I'm going to send them less money. So I'm not sending them $100,000, sending them $85,000. At the end of the term, let's say this is for one year, okay? They will send me back $100,000, which means that the, the, the profit that was made on $85,000, really, not on, a, on the $100,000. So it, it, that gives you a little bit of more returns at the end if you do your calculations, mathematical calculations. And uh, so that, those are the best deals for me, which I've done quite a few, actually. So, yeah. So if you are in private lending, if you want to become a private lender, ask for the upfront payment. Right. <laughs> or if there is a lender fee, take it. If they offer you a lender fee, always take it. Because, again, that lender fee, because it's upfront, it will give you a higher return. Gotcha. And do you usually have, obviously, you have a structure in place but is it usually say concrete, like no changes or are you open to negotiating terms? I'm always open to negotiate. The one thing that I never agree to is the, the payment at the end of terms. Like that's not, it doesn't not fall into my lending criteria. So if that's what they offer, then I will not invest. Right. So it's either payment up front or monthly. Usually it's monthly. Payment. The majority of borrowers offer, you know, payment monthly, which I do like it. I like it because it gives me that sort of rating, you know, throughout the whole process. And, and I like also clear communication. I like that the borrower tells me which stage they are, where things are going. I like to know, you know, how things are going in the project. So that it tells me that if they are, you know, things are, are on time or, or, you know, sometimes like I have to say lately, there's been a lot of delays with refinancing because the banks are, are taking a lot quite a bit of time and there's a lot of people who are cash flow kind of short and so it's you know those are the things that I want to know as a private lender because even my agreement I make sure that if you can't pay me at the end of term because of a delay on on your refinancing or whatever it is because the bank is making it more difficult I need to know I need a borrower who tells me exactly what's going on because I want to be prepared because if you need an extension, I need to know at least a month before. Because it isn't just a, it isn't just just because you need the money, and it's also for me to know where my money is going. Because you're giving it back to me, then I need to redirect it somewhere else. If you are extending the terms, that I know that you still need my money. So and so, and that's why I need that, this clear communication. I need borrowers who are willing to tell me if something is happening, and whether it's bad or good. I need to know. Perfect. You know. That makes sense. And with your rates, I know, obviously, with the short-term lending, the rates are usually higher. Do your rates fluctuate much based off the Bank of Canada rate, or is there kind of more of a buffer there? Well, the interest rates have gone up. So the interest rates have gone up for me as well, right? Because I'm using my HELOC as well. It isn't just the cash. So my HELOC was like about 3.7%. <laughs> now it's about 10 something percent. Nice. So, it's, so I have to adjust my, if I want to, you know, because I use it, the interest rates have to go up as well. And so I have to invest in, in projects that the, where I can make money and I can pay, I can also serve the debt and, and also have an income from it too. So it has to be high enough to, to do both. Of course, of course. And we haven't actually touched upon where you're located though. I'm in, uh, in the Vancouver area, in British Columbia. Yes. 
do you just invest locally or do you invest across Canada, internationally? And where do you draw the line there? I actually invest across Canada. I don't like to invest in the U.S. I know everybody is going to the U.S. because it seems like it's, there's a lot of great deals. However, I like to keep it within Canada boundaries. I honestly don't, I'm not interested in investing abroad. I like to travel. I'm going to pay for Airbnb and that's it. <laughs> and I'm free. <laughs> like I can go wherever I want. Gotcha. Gotcha. And was that just, was there a reason that you kind of drew the line there or was it just more of an intuition? It's more for simplicity, honestly, because I live in Canada. I know the laws in Canada. And for example, in Europe, private lending doesn't even exist. I grew up in Italy, as I said, and European laws are very strict when it comes to lending money. And my family is still in Italy. They have no idea what I'm doing. Like they think it's actually like it's against the law because they, that's how they perceive it there because it is not, you can't do that there. So we're actually pretty lucky here in, in Canada that we can actually do private lending. So that's why I'm just focused in Canada and, and with the States, I have a lot of issues with the States because people like to sue people a lot. Like there's a lot of suing going on. Laws are very different. And honestly, for simplicity, just to keep it simple, I like to just stay focused in Canada. That's fair. And I'm, I'm sure there's no shortage of deals here, so uh, oh, you don't have no. to look too far. But that's interesting. I didn't know that they didn't have private lending over in Europe. So that's good to know. Yeah. So then turning to the other question here, we all know not everything is sunshine and puppies. So is there an example, I don't have to get into super detail, but of the, say, a worst deal you've done? Actually, lately, the worst thing that can happen is that you lose your money, right? Likely, I've never lost my money. You know, I really trust the borrowers I invest with. However, I have to say I've been waiting for, I've done an investment in a bridge loan and I've been waiting for my money for like four months now. So that has been the most like, and with bridge loans, when the terms ends, you don't receive any extra returns because of the way it's set up due to the fact of the refinancing and the way things are. And there's nothing I can do about it. And it's all, it's because of, and I know I'm going to get my money. I know, I know that I really trust the borrower and they're doing everything in the power. It's not because they can give it to me. It's just that the way things are at the moment. But this has been the longest that I've been waiting for, for a loan. Usually it can take, you know, maybe there's a week or two or a month, but never like this, this so, so long. So this has probably been the worst for me and again because it's a bridge loan i'm losing money really at this point right it's just sitting there even due to unforeseen circumstances has there been any lessons that you've learned that maybe you'll implement in the future to mitigate this i have to say that as much as you're trying to protect yourself and mitigate risk yes absolutely you have to do everything under sun however we are living in a time that is really different at the moment i've never seen it like even like last week i received five different calls and five different people who, again, they couldn't get their money back or the borrowers stopped paying them or something. And I've never seen so many before. It's just that we are living in a very, the last six months have been very unsettling for a lot of borrowers because of the economy, because our things are going, the inflation, we had COVID, we're hoping, you know, things will get better and then, you know, inflation started kicking in and the economy gets worse. So we are living really different, strange times, which is very hard to predict things. And things are happening so quick too. Put as many things in place to protect you, as many measures as you can, you know, to protect yourself. However, as a private lender, it's part of the game. There are there's, things will happen. And that's where the mindset kicks in. You have to be strong enough to accept if uh, there is a loss. The other thing I would say is diversify as much as you can. Like understand how you want to diversify to minimize your risks. And so that put all your eggs in one basket where you have different strategies because within the private lending strategy, you can diversify a lot as well. It's about understanding being smart on how you invest your money. Also understanding, you know, the losses that you can lose money, right? What is your capacity to lose? 
understanding your risk tolerance, understanding your capacity to lose, understand your lending criteria, what is that you want to set for yourself, what is that you're looking for, educate yourself. Those are all the things that have a really good team of lawyers and accountants who can help you. Also vet deals, our financial advisor who can help you understand where you want to go and how to do it. Stay focused. Don't get distracted by shiny objects. Like a lot of people want to do everything. I just took the strategy. I knew that this was the right strategy for me. I didn't even look at the active investment. I was not interested. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, wow, this will send me from heaven because it was exactly, <laughs> I can have my money working for me. That's amazing. <laughs> and so, and that's what I did. And I really, you know, dove into it and I mastered it. And now I want people to understand that anybody can achieve what I have achieved. You have to be determined. You need to have passion. Absolutely. And yeah, that actually segues into my next question. I was going to ask, do you solely invest in real estate? Um, and if so, is it just residential? Yeah, I, it's mostly real estate. I use, like I said, cash. I use also my register funds. And and again, I try to look for so for very good investment companies. And like I use, let's say I use my register funds towards more like mortgages or REITs or mix, you know, those type of investing. And I use my cash for different type of investing, like burrs or flips and things that, you know, also, or, or bridge loans that are much quicker, right? They are shorter terms and I can have my cash to really move quickly. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting that you can stay in the same market, but still diversify, which is a great strategy that you've touched on. Do you think you'll stay just in real estate or you might branch out to say business loans or anything outside of that? Right now, I feel very comfortable with the real estate. I was approached by a couple of companies who do financing on industrial equipment where the actual returns are really good, like really, really good, even better than real estate. However, however, I'm still sort of learning about it. So I don't feel comfortable still investing in those type of investing. I might branch out there as well. But at the moment, I'm more focused on the real estate side of things. Yeah, that's fair. Stick with what you know. You have mm. the time to explore other opportunities, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So I think we covered some of these questions here. I did have a question, though, as well. So I'm sure you get this a lot when you propose the idea of private lending, that people say, I'm investing in the stock market, I'm investing in you know, other passive investments. How do you answer that question if you know proposing the idea of private lending? Usually, again, it goes down to the, to the mindset. A lot of what I usually tell people is that real estate is based on tangible assets. Not only that, but the strengths of private lending is that you as a lender, have the power to decide where to, who and where and how to lend your money. If you are in the stock market, you have no control over any of that. You are giving it to the bank. Also, you have to pay fees to the bank and to your financial advisor. Very often, they make money even if you lose money. In private lending, you get lender fees. You're not paying the fees <laughs> whenever you do a deal. Is the lawyer of the borrower who actually pays your fees even as well. So it, it, private lending has so many strengths in there. So the weaknesses, I would say it's on the fact that there is the risk that you can lose your money. That's, that's the weak point of private lending. You have to be prepared. However, there are so many good things, so many strengths with private lending that when I talk to people and I kind of tell them that, you know, if you do, if you do mortgages, so you're more protected because, you know, when it comes to promissory notes, yes, so you can put things in place to help you and protect your, your investments. However, it's not a mortgage. You're still, you know, at the end of the line, if you're using a prom promissory note. So it's, if you want to start, start with mortgages, investing in, say, first position mortgage. Um, again, you still have to do your due diligence because even if it's a mortgage, I've I know people who have lost money or even on a first position mortgage. So you still have to do your due diligence. You still have to look at the market. You still have to look at all these different aspects. However, if it's a good investment, 
most likely you will be able to get your money back or maybe you own a house at the end of the of the end of the day right because if the borrower cannot repay you you can you know you might end up you know placing a lien on the house and then maybe even buying the house yourself and you know recuperating your money that way gotcha yeah and in terms of liquidity management do you have, say, set boundaries where you only deploy a certain amount of your net holdings? And how do you look at that? Absolutely. When I set up my lending criteria, I decided what was my minimum and what was my maximum of lending, also based on how much money I had, right? However, I, even though I have more money now, I haven't changed that criteria. So my minimum is usually about, I can go down all the way to $15,000. My maximum is 50 for those ones who I don't really have established like a relationship for a long time. For those ones who I really trust really well, I can go up to a hundred. If it's somebody new who I've, you know, I usually don't lend to people who I just meet. I have to a good establish a good relationship first. However, if I'm still sort of tasting the grounds, even though I trust that person, I don't go over $50,000. And, and I have like right now, I have quite a lot of deals on the go. And so even if I lose one, it doesn't really set me back because I diversify a lot. Gotcha. And in terms of risk mitigation, is there a certain percentage of your assets that you have in play at a certain time? Like say you won't go above, you know, 50% of your holdings out in play in deals. Do you have a limit there or? No, I, I actually... I have all my money out. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I don't let my money sit in the bank. Of course, I keep some because I couldn't leave. <laughs> I still have to pay my bills. Uh, however, I don't let my money sit in the bank because, again, with the inflation, it loses it loses its value. So I, the reason why I'm so successful is because my money doesn't sit. It keeps generating an income, and and yes. You have to be, as a lender, you get taxed highly, much higher than active investing. However, I don't do anything. I don't, I enjoy my life while my money is generating an income for me. I'm very happy to pay taxes. And even if it's like, I think as an individual, you pay about 34%, just a little bit lower than 34%. I'm very happy to give that 34% of my earnings to the to the government because I've done nothing. I didn't spend my time chasing, you know, tenants or anything like that. I spent my time enjoying my life. So for me, it's just take it, enjoy it, <laughs> make a good use of it. So I'm happy to take my to pay my taxes and and at the least that you know I discovered a way to where I can really, you know, sit back and relax. And then yes, it's not that I'm not doing anything at all in my thumbs. I, I just have different priorities now. And my my life wasn't easy. You know, I had so many different type of setbacks in my life and you know hasn't been that easy life. And so for me, reaching this point where I can actually really enjoy it and take care of my kids, being there for my children, it's been, you know, it's something that I really appreciate and I feel grateful that I'm at this point in my life. That's great to hear. And on that personal side, are there some things that you maybe thought you would never enjoy that you're able to enjoy now that having this time and having the freedom? Well, I honestly, I never thought that I could change my life this way. And I'm a very simple person, I have to say. So I'm not somebody who has to have like, I don't know, a big house or an expensive car or anything like, you know, like that. But there is the one thing that I really wanted to achieve is to buy an oceanfront house. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I'm waiting for my son to graduate from high school. And and after that, that's because I can't move right now. I want to move in the Sunshine Coast, which is a, it is a really nice area here close to the Vancouver. And so that's one of my goals that I'm hoping is going <laughs> to come true. Absolutely. No, that sounds like a great goal. I'm from BC myself, so I know the area. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's great to see that you've been able to enjoy this freedom. I know a lot of us think that 
oh, once we get there, we'll do all these things. And they don't have to be anything extravagant, you know, buying a Lamborghini or, you know, a jet or anything like that. It's just having that free time and the peace of mind to enjoy it, which is really great. It seems like you've done that. Yeah, um, for me, it's also about giving back. Um, right. You know, having the time to, like, I really focus now on my course because it isn't, for me, again, it's not about the money. I don't care about making money through the course. It's about, I make my money through private lending. It, to me, it was about empowering people, being able to change people's lives. And, uh, and, and because I mastered private lending and I know that it's a very effective strategy that can change people's lives because everybody wants to have time. Everybody's seeking time, freedom. Everybody's seeking financial freedom. And, and I don't know why they're so scared about the private lending strategy. Everybody's scared to do it. And everybody thinks that active investing is going to make them, you know, more, I guess, richer. I don't know. But you can do really well with private lending if you know how to do it properly. So give it a go. Like, give it a try. Um, don't be so scared. Just learn how to do it safely and wisely. And and so that you can enjoy it. So that, that is my goal. That is my, now it's I'm spending my time to educate people so they can reach their goal. And, uh, and transform the life. That's great. You keep segueing into my next questions for me, which is amazing. Um, but I didn't <laughs> want good. to touch upon your course now. For you. <laughs> yeah, you're interviewing yourself. It's great. But yeah, I, I did want to uh, yeah touch upon your course. If you could just kind of give a, like a, a bit of an outline and what people can expect from it. Absolutely. So again, because I want to empower people, the course, it's a comprehensive course that it's both, both for borrowers and lenders. So let me explain why, because as a lender, you will going to learn everything about private lending. However, it isn't just about private lending. It's about, again, I teach about growth mindset because we talked about how important it is to have the right mindset and believing in yourself and know how to problem solve and, and also face, become, you know, improve your developer resilience and being able to face hard times. Um, and so you have to have a strong mindset. I also teach about goal, like a goal. So how to set up your goals and, and making sure that you achieve your goals and making sure that you don't feel like a failure because a lot of people set, set themselves up for failure because they set things that are too big instead of breaking it down. So I have a system, I've created a system where I want you to break things down to every single day. What am I going to do towards my goal? And also reward yourself every single day for taking that step. And I also teach, you know, about taking care of yourself, about, you know, what, what are some of the strategies that I can use to create that life work balance? Because if you work, 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 you're going to burn out yourself. So you have to incorporate that, you know, work-life balance. So I teach that through my course as well. And then I teach about marketing strategies and design. That is a very important aspect because I, through marketing, I was able to establish a reputation for myself. I was able to establish a network for myself. So if you want to be a successful private lender, you have to incorporate all these different aspects of your life and all these different aspects of being a professional, being a business person. Because being a private lender means that you have a business now. So you have to shift your mind as well. You have to think that you are that you are a business and you have to create those, you have to have a, a marketing plan in place to market yourself. And a lot of people think that as a private lender, you don't need that, but you really do. That's why I have deals that come to my inbox. I don't even have to ask for. Because I was able to attract people. People know me as a private lending queen, be, not because I made it up, just because it came, you know, I grew to that and it didn't happen overnight. I worked really hard and I still do, right? I took the time, I stay, I was focused. So it's a combination of all these different aspects, which, you know, as I said, for me, I put everything in my course that can help you to be successful. It can help you change your life. So as a lender, you're going to learn everything about private lending and you're going to learn how to set yourself a strong business foundation and how to protect yourself and what are the important questions to ask when you're vetting the borrower. 
as a borrower, you're going to learn the insight of the lender. So you're going to have basically the power to present a deal to a lender from their perspective, right? Because now you know what the lenders is looking for. You know how to present it, what documents to present to them and how to look professional in front of them so that the lender doesn't even have to ask you questions anymore. You're gonna be prepared enough to give them everything that they are looking for so that you really look powerful in front of them. I think that's really important. Not a lot of people think about when they're looking to borrow money, setting themselves up for success in that sense. No, that's a really good point. And in it terms is. of, oh, sorry, and in terms of say structure of the course, is it online, in person, how many days, how, what does that look like? Sure. So the way I structure my course is basically you can join at any time because I've created a self-paced platform where you log in, you pay for the course and you dropped in right into the login, you create your login information and you can start the course right away. After, you know, there is the, again, self-paced course. Then I also want you to be part of the three, four days live sessions. It used to be three days. Now it's four days. So it's a three days of live sessions where we consolidate our knowledge. I do a lot of activities because the self-paced course is basically you watching, you know, videos or learning about the prevalent strategy. It's me basically talking about the prevalent strategies and, like I said, the growth mindset and all of that. However, the activities, yes, there is a lot there that you need to do. There's a lot of homework in there as well. However, there is no interaction, like you're not interacting with anybody. So, and that's why in the live, it's a very important that we have the live session because I do a lot of interactive type of activities where we discuss, where we talk about case studies, where we have activities again to consolidate what we are learning. And, and not only that, but I bring all, a lot of guest speakers. And so lawyers, mortgage brokers, we have, you know, insurance brokers, you know, all kinds of people who can help you really consolidate, you know, your knowledge of private lending and understanding all the different layers of it. Then after the course, after, you know, we have a one day where I, there are investment opportunities. I invite companies, some of them I invest with, and then, so the, 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 the investor has learned now has the opportunity to invest right away as well if they want to okay so they can explore some of these opportunities and then they decide they can put in practice what they've learned then after the course they join my community it's a private community just for my students because i didn't want people to take the course and then they're on their own i want to be there for them i want to i created a support system so they can ask questions we do accountability sessions because I want to know where everybody is, what they achieved, if they're stuck. And I did everything on my own and it's hard to do it on your own. So I want to create the support system so that now you have people around you that who can help you if you, if you need help with anything. And so this is basically what you get. And you also get two hours one-on-one -on -one consultation with me because again, I want to be there for you, making sure that you are on the right path and you put things in place to really grow and change your life. That's great. It seems like you put a lot of thought and time into it. And yeah, you're really looking to help people rather than just having a flash course that, you know, you thought up no, in a day. Yeah, absolutely. From the very beginning, I am really passionate of, like I said, changing people's lives. If like my, I actually sit down with my lawyer and we break down the actual value of the course. The, the course, it's valued about $21,000 and, and beyond, honestly, because there are some things in there that's really invaluable, like the network that I have, because people basically join my network and that, that on its own, it's invaluable. And, and so all these opportunities that I bring in, because I also bring in more guest speakers afterwards. So we keep learning, we keep growing together. And so, but, you know, I only charge two thousand and under and ninety-eight. It's really like three thousand dollars, when the value itself it's like much more. So it's not about the money. Like from the very beginning, I want to make it affordable. I want to. The, the focus here it's not the money. I can make my own money. 
of course, I need to pay my expenses because now I have, you know, a platform there to maintain. It costs me money. I use advertising. You know, I have to pay for my marketing consultant. I have to pay for my website. You know, there is cost involved with it, right? Mm-hmm. In order to, so I still have to charge something in order to, to cover my costs. But it's not about making money here. It's about creating opportunities for people who can change the life who can literally, you know, apply all these strategies, not just for private lending, but for any business, literally. All the, all the knowledge that I'm giving in the course, it's for any really type of business, whether you are a borrower or lender, whether you want to do sales or whatever it is, all these concepts that are in there, you can apply them to anything, to your own life, to your own, you know, you know whatever you're doing in your life. So it's a, it has a great value and I want to provide value all the time. So, and, you know, people can go on my website, privatelendingqueen.com. You can read the testimonials. And I was shocked, honestly, when I asked my students to uh, give me some testimonials to post on the website. I didn't realize how much impact I actually had in people's lives. I, I Until I actually read these testimonials, I was, I, I started crying even for some of them because... I didn't realize, I wasn't aware that of, until people actually told them, told me, right? So unless somebody tells you, you have no idea, how, you know, how much you are really impacting them. And and think, thankfully it's in a positive way, right? And, and that was my goal to really change people's lives, create that impact. Because at the end of the day, when I'm gonna die, I want people to remember me for whatever I, I was able to give it to them. Because I don't, I'm not gonna take money with me and, and I wanna believe a life that is full of love and, and respect and, you know, and being able to, to give to others and, and, you know, be grateful. Absolutely. No, that's a great sentiment. And I've found personally that if you're putting on a course, people actually put more value on it if you charge for it rather than a free course, even if the information is completely the same. I'm not just monetarily invested, but invested mentally. That definitely makes sense. That sounds like a great course. As we wind things down, if you could say, maybe give maybe one or two points of advice, if someone wants to say, start tomorrow, um, other than taking your course, of course, (laughs) but just to maybe get in the right mindset or action steps that they could take. Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is stay focused, understand what you want, understand what is that you want to achieve, what is your vision? And if you are single, then consider just yourself. What is your life? Where you're at financially? Where do you want to be? You know, if you have a family, consider yourself as an individual, but also as a family. What is that your family needs? You as an individual and also within your family, right? You have to consider them as well because they are part of that family, that nucleus, right? So so first understand that. Understand what are your needs, your family needs, what are your wants as well. And then how to go from there to where you want to be. So start thinking about the goals that you need to set for yourself, have a vision, and then break them down into little steps in order to achieve them. And don't make your goals too big. Like, don't set yourself up for failure, literally. It's you. You you set yourself your goals. So don't set yourself up for failure. And give yourself a pat in the back when you achieve something. And then find a good team of of experts, good lawyer, somebody who is, you know, people who also have that investing type of mind mentality, mindset, okay? Because not all lawyers or financial advisors are the same or, or mortgage brokers. So you have to find the right one, find your right team, educate yourself as well. Don't just go and say, oh, I'm going to try private lending. Let's see how it goes, because you're going to lose your money faster than you think if that's your approach. So educate yourself, making sure that you protect yourself, you know how to do it. Vet your borrowers, vet the mortgage brokers as well. Don't trust any mortgage brokers, because not all mortgage brokers know how to do private lending. Just because they're mortgage brokers, it doesn't mean they know how to do it. So vet them as well. And what else? Stay focused. Don't get distracted by shiny objects. Stay focused on your path. And that's why it's important to know what are your goals and what's your vision. When you know what you want and how to achieve it, stay focused. And if you need help, ask for help. Find a support system. People around you, you can trust. 
and uh, who can help you, you know, stay focused on what you want to achieve. No, I think those are great points and very well said. Yeah. So, I mean, this will kind of be the end here. Is there any last words you wanted to say before we close it out? I just want to say, if you were inspired at what I said, reach out to me. I'm always happy to talk to anyone. If I can help you in any way, if you want to take my course, go for it. If you can afford it, don't worry about it. Just do, you know, educate yourself in the way you can. However, I set it up also in three payments plans. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's easy to, to do it. But really, at the end of the day, it's invest in yourself. In, investing in your in your education, investing in your own personal and professional development, it will help you gain so much more. I am an educator. I used to work with the Langley School District, as I said. And so to me, when I invest in my own education, I've always, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars, not just in real estate investing on any type of education. So I believe in investing in education. But so don't stay focused on the money itself. Stay focused on what is that you want to achieve on your on your development as a person, as a professional. Because the money that say you invest in any type of education, you will make it back. You will, you know, earn it when you will apply your knowledge. And so if let's say you spend your money in this course, as soon as on your first very deal, on your, on your first deal that you're going to make, your first investment, you're going to make it back. You're going to make even more than what you spent on the course itself. So always see, no matter what type of course you're taking, no matter the type of education you're taking, uh, it's giving you skills that you can apply and it's going to give you power. Education is power. So, you know, don't think about the money. Never Don't think about money. Think about that you become powerful. You, when you educate yourself, you become powerful. And then all the other skills that you can put together will make you even more effective in reaching whatever it is that you want to achieve. And uh, yeah, so go on my website, privatelendingqueen.com. You can reach out to me. You can send me an email at smartforyoutosucceed.com. And always happy to talk if I can inspire you to, and I can change your life. I'm always happy to do that. That's great. And are you on social media at all? Or is the website and email the best way to get? Yes, I am on social media. I am on Instagram at uh, Private Lending Queen. I'm on Facebook at, uh, you can find me Marinella Nicolosi, also Private Lending Queen, the Facebook page. And I do have also a group, Private Lending Group. It's called Smart Private Lending. And you can also join me there. I also have a network hub. It's called the Higher Ground a Real Estate Network Hub. It's for networking. It's mostly just to provide opportunities for any investors who wants to network. And people present deals. People have the opportunity to talk about themselves. And so it's a really great way to, to start you know, improving your knowledge, but also to, you know, making contacts, connecting with people. Uh, so there are so many ways. Everything is actually on my website. So anything, I do events. I love to do events, create opportunities because not everybody knows how to network and not everybody has the same level of, I would say, confidence. So and that's why I create these opportunities because I have that. I, it comes easy to me. And, but it doesn't come easy for everybody. So I love to create those opportunities so that everybody has the chance to talk to people and connect with others and build something for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Marinelle, for being on. It was an absolute pleasure to interview. And yeah, I hope we'll talk again sometime in the future. And Jeremy will have all the contact information in the show notes. So that being said, I hope you have a great rest of your night. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. It was great chatting with you. Great, thanks. Take care. Ciao. Bye-bye.